Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. I got myself here and got uh, Dixon with us down in the Caribbean. And uh, yeah, we're getting a little bit of past, present, and future because we got a few time zones with us today. Yeah, we got a couple different people on with us from different time zones. Uh, somebody who's already lived the day and somebody who's living the future day. So we got Angel who's uh, up in the Pacific time up in Canada. And then we have Edek who's in Poland. So thanks for coming on, you guys. No, thanks uh, yeah. to you guys for inviting. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and we got both of you on because you both actually went to, and I, I don't know, what was the event called? Like the Six Nations Tournament for Malfo? Six Nations Tournament, yeah. Yeah, and th this was a cool event because I mean, not only do you get people from different play styles around different areas, but you also got to do this in person, which is always fun. So which, which countries were involved in this thing? Okay, so it was uh, Scotland, uh, England, Wales, uh, Sweden, Spain, and Poland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and each team roughly had how many people on it? Eight. It was a, a, one of each faction. Okay. And, and we had, and... had also a coach just to run around and tell us how it's going. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, and you all had to play a different faction, so there was no repeating in this, right? Yeah, it was uh, different factions, and masters also couldn't uh, double in a single round. So you can have two halfmans or disriders. Okay. Which I definitely like because that prevents a lot of times where it's like, oh, we have, you know, six Neverborn masters, and everybody's playing the same Neverborn masters in these different pools. So it, it definitely is cool. And I think before we get into some of the basic stuff, you also had for each round, they were different games, right? They weren't the same pools. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was eight different pools per uh, two teams. And I'm not sure if there were different between uh, pairings. So um, okay. I'm not sure about that. I think they were. But they were definitely different as far as like, you had eight different tables and everybody had their own game that they were playing. Yeah, we had to replay the strategy, right? Because we only have four strategies in gaining grounds two, and everything yeah. was gaining grounds two. So there were two people playing the same strategy, but with different different schemes. And we have eight tables. And actually, it was well. I don't know how if it's done like that before because I never participated in a team event for Malifo, or actually, I think any war game. But there was the how who was facing who was actually really nice like the mechanism that they were using. I, I found it quite interesting. I think it's something similar to what is done in games like 40k, but as I said, I'm not sure. Hmm. So the team captains will flip a card to see who will decide. So the winner of the flip 
will offer, uh, will select the player for the table one, like the faction, will say, okay, mm -hmm. buy you. So then the other, uh, the losing captain on that flip will uh, offer two different uh, factions mm. for that table. And the value player that was already assigned to that table will pick, it would mind the offer, Outcast and Neverborn. And he was like, hmm, I think I'm better facing Neverborn than Outcast in this. So he will go with, he will pick Neverborn. And then it will switch, right? The, the the captain that lost the flip will go to table two and say like, okay, now here is my outcast player who's gonna play. And the other and then one give two, offer. and then they pick from the two. Exactly. That's kind of so, weird. Yeah, I found that, that really interesting. That's the same setup that they have for War Machine. That's I like that a lot. So like, it seems that they decided because it, it was a proven uh, tournament setting that that worked for years. They had the the team tournament stuff like that. So the fact that now Malifaux is incorporating it and it worked equally well, that's awesome. But eight players per team? Jesus, take the wheel. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, that that's was a lot. a lot of people. That was a lot of people. Very, very similar system was also in 40k and Fantasy Battle, um, mm -hmm. the European team championships. Um, the only thing different is that we didn't choose tables uh, as part of the pairing as well. We we're just pairing table one, table two, table three. But to be mm -hmm. honest, with choosing factions, choosing uh, strats, uh, deployment schemes, I'm glad we didn't have to also choose tables because it would take, well, with the tables at the event, it wouldn't be that much of a hustle. But yeah, it was, we, we had one variable less in the pairing. Wait, system. okay, so I, I gotta like, so you're saying that you didn't actually get to pick the, the like, you didn't even see the table before you even picked the player? We, we could see the table, but uh, we didn't, uh, for example, if we won the pairing, uh, we we had to assign a player to table one. Right, right, right. Okay, but you could see the table, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could see the table, yeah. Okay, so the reason I say that is because you can actually look and be like, okay, so I won the flip, therefore I'm going to get one, three, five, and seven. So I look at the tables and then be like, okay, so I'm going to be sending this faction over here because I know this faction does significantly better in this type of table. That, uh, that seems like a good bonus for me. Yeah, we yeah, did some pre-game with that, actually, in our team. Like, for example, I'll give you guys a little bit of context here. I I was invited to this because Basel, basically. So I started playing Basel. <laughs> you mean you're not Scottish? I'm not Scottish, yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> uh, so I, I play Basel, and I met a couple of Spanish guys there playing Basel. I'm already involved in the Spanish community, but that most of the Spanish communities like centralized in one city, basically. Gotcha. <laughs> I think it's in Madrid, where are, like the the best players probably, or at least the best that I know, are playing there. So they couldn't fill the team of eight. And two, I became in these past two years of playing Basel, I became really good friends with two Spanish guys that I didn't know in person before, and they were missing one player. And they told, uh, they talked between them, and one said like. Uh, we know this guy. He's in Canada, but he's a Spanish, and he—I think he would like to come. Let's see if he will be available to do it. So they invited me, but they already had the, the factions assigned. Oh. So my only—I started asking for action for factions, and they were like, "Oh no, we, this guy is already playing that. Oh, this guy is already playing that." It's like, okay, which faction is available? And they were like, "Neverborn is the only one that we have." It's like, well, I have one Neverborn master. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to solo in Titania. So for me, it was like I was roaming, uh, roaming around the tables. I was like, that table has a lot of forest or severe terrain. Give me that. Just drop me there. 
uh, it's important to note that there were very few uh, forests and concealing terrain at the event. It was mostly blocking <laughs> terrain. So. Seems like some bias there. Um, yeah, I think it's just uh, the people who sit at the tables are not used, don't play Vassal or aren't used to playing Vassal. And they just, the tables were very pretty, I must say. They were very thematic. That was really cool. It was just something very different to what I'm used to. I assume Angel as well. Uh, so that was a bit of a shock. Yeah, and something that uh, that I think people need to, because I do think that when you're kind of making a table, if you're going to make it for like a, a tournament, not just, you know, to look pretty, but I do feel like you need something in there that offers some kind of concealment. So a lot of times in games, when we're doing tournament, uh, tournament prep and putting a terrain out, we'll do stuff that might be like a fence and we'll say, okay, fence provides concealment. Or we'll have clouds and we'll say, okay, these clouds are concealment. Still one of the best things that I've seen so far that I'd like to get to eventually is we went to a tournament in North Carolina where they actually had a paper on the side, kind of like Vassal tournaments where it says what the terrain is and Hell how to yeah. define it. I love so, that. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of TOs could definitely start doing because that that prevents a lot of gotchas and feel bad with terrain in Malifaux because sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know what this terrain is. We didn't yep. say at the beginning of the game. Yep. And yep. then and then it comes up later because it's actually important. Like a, a lot of people that I know would be like, surprise, this thing, it's blocking impassable, but you didn't say anything at the beginning of the turn. I'm like, we didn't say this forest was right. severe, so we're not going to have it be <laughs> severe. Yeah, we didn't say this bush was a forest, so I just consider it to be like some kind of like, you know, blocking terrain. I'm like, no. It's the worst with Jedza, though, because Jedza just uses terrain so much. Yes. Yeah, but no, I like, I love the fact that it's like pre, like, uh, set basically that way neither my opponent or i have a any gaming on it it's more like okay no we just well, gotta adapt and, I, and move on i do also just feel like naturally malifaux terrain is blocking most of it and if you want to get a nice you know variety of types of terrain you just got to be more conscious about it um besides yes. just you know obviously looking pretty and stuff also i shouldn't be good at diplomacy to be able to play a game damn it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like you're going into a barter, like you're trading something. You're just yes. trying to. Yeah, it was definitely true. It was a there was a huge lacking of concealing, and I talked to Luis, the the main organizer, great guy by the way. And if he listens to this, like thank you again for organizing such a great uh, event. And I asked him like, why there isn't almost any forest or severe terrain I'm or concealing? <laughs> Some folks like because they were like literally they were tables that you could start shooting each other turn one in corner <laughs> well you know? i was gonna i was just gonna ask you both uh edic and angel if in this event then did gun lines do a little better do you feel because it was a little more open uh i did play cooper round two and i lost my tuck uh, after using like four or five stones to keep her alive turn two yeah so, just blasting you yeah uh, so that was bad. Um, and also, our Perdita player, I think he yeah. said he shot twice through concealment through the whole event. Uh, did, he, did they just drop uh, Perdita pretty much the whole event too? I think he played Perdita three times and Hoffman two times. That's pretty good. <laughs> They're both pretty good too. Holy crap. Well, because I told you, Dixon, the tournament that I last played, we actually we had 
really good table setup from John. And that one tournament, I was going to drop Levy because I was like, yeah, I want some irreducible guns. You know, I want to sh- shoot stuff and Rusty Alice and all this. And then it was just puked out with a bunch of blocking and concealment. And I was just like, I can't drop this now. Yeah, it's like, this just can't happen. But like, this is the thing I was going to ask Edith. Like, I, I, in my experience with, with Mecha Mima has been that she doesn't have to prevent that much. What was happening that was making you do that because like minimum damage three still puts her at one damage per so what was he doing was he like focusing and putting it way above your your blocking range four yeah she's only four but you still only have to put it within like two or three Uh, he was putting moderates mostly um and also i'm defense four against his stat six most of the time right so uh, it's not that difficult for him to get a, a straight flip Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's predatory instinct or apex yeah. predator. Or whatever oh, because he can go into minus, but he can still flip a focus. Therefore, it'll be a double plus on damage. Okay. Uh, My well, bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't d- difficult for him to get its free flip on Mataka, but uh, still, I'm not used to losing her uh, mid turn two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, for uh, sure. Like, that's the reason why I asked the question, because I played. At least like 30 games with Mataka too, because I love her so much, and I never had that experience. And hearing you say that, that means that somebody was doing some nasty crap that I would like to know too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... yeah and, and Cooper is a severe seven. Correct. Why? So yeah, you've got yeah. five, ten damage right there if he Jesus. gives the cards. Yeah, and that means Edict. Then you were dropping by you for the tournament, correct? Yeah, I put by. I played Mekamima. I played Mekamima three times. Uh, my one once and Ophelia two once. Yeah, and just kind of just. I mean, it's not really a spoiler because people can look it up. But Poland ended up winning the event. And Angel, where did Spain finish? Second, third. third. I can't remember. Okay. It was uh, Scotland. No, it was Poland. Sorry, Scotland. Yep. Spain. England, Wales. Wales. England and England, Sweden. And Sweden. Yeah. I'm going to send you guys the link because I have it right in front of me. I was just super curious. The difference between Spain and Scotland is a draw. Because <laughs> they won on, on differential, but they lost because of the one draw. That was yeah. insane. Yeah. Okay, so we have how kind of the tournament is played out. Uh, we kind of have how teams are are selecting their matchups and kind of the back and forth of that. So... I basically is it just like a normal tournament where you look at the round and you're going off of tournament points first and then the tiebreakers? Is that what you're doing for the teams? It was the amount of wins for the team, basically. Mm-hmm. The difference of uh, victory points didn't matter for anything. So it was okay. literally for each win that you get on your team, you get three points. For each time, you get one point, and then you count points at the end. Okay. See gotcha. who wins more, who gets more. So and who has more points is the one that wins the round. So he gets like three points of for the team. And if you end up four wins, like same amount of points, like that the other team, then each team will get one point. And Angel, you were solo dropping Titania, but did you at least have the title to go into sometimes? Yeah, I dropped Marcus two once because we had the Arcanist player that brought him. So I got I got him for him and it was my only lost game actually. Wow. Oh. <laughs> you should have a stick with the things that I know. I mean, yeah, it's just that's kind of interesting. I mean, and yeah, you definitely could have. And 
was that Marcus one or Marcus two? Just Marcus kind of two. Marcus okay. Had a couple of reps with him. Hey, had a couple of reps with him, but on Arkan is right, and that extra card. I don't know. The Miranda uh, being able to become uh, the blessed. I just, yeah. I just I, want to say that uh, our team played against Marcus one twice. And our neverboard player played uh, Marcus one, and he lost against Marcus one with three win gamins. Uh, yeah, I play against that guy. <laughs> yeah, and I also play against Marcus one against England. Uh, I managed to win. Yeah, so Ma Marcus one did appear more than Brewmaster, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was going to, before we, because we do want to talk some about the uh, games here in a minute, but just generally speaking, before we get into some of these rounds and some of the games that you both played, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't want to say the caliber of player, but I assume there were some a lot of Vassal players, there are people who do really well in their area, so is this pretty high competitive level, like really solid players, or is it a little, you also had a mix of some casual players on the teams, just kind of getting a feel of it. I think that overall the level was quite high. Oh yeah. But still to feel eight people for a team, especially uh, I don't know, even in Spain we had a couple of like more casual players, mm. you know. And I know that other teams, for example, in Scotland, they had the Levy's daughter, Louis daughter, <laughs> sorry. That that he's she's like eleven years old. And she yeah, was, was playing there and actually uh, she played against the strongest Spanish player, mm -hmm. Felix. And Felix, after the game, uh, he won like 8-2, but he was like, this girl? <laughs> like, fuck, she plays better than many other players I've played money for against <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah, she might have lost, but yeah, for she an might have lost, But girl. I saw some very good foundations there. and yeah, she made this running, running guild ball team tournaments. You have some teams that are like, man, that's a super competitive team. Yep. Like, I mean, I remember we had Mike Klein come down with like some ringers and, you know, they, they won one of the team tournaments that we did down in the South. Um, but we also had teams where it's like, man, these, these dudes are just drinking beers and getting drunk and playing games. So I didn't know if there was a balance of that for the most part, but it sounds like, mostly pretty competitive players with maybe a couple spots where it was like yeah they're they're you know playing good games but you know they're not as hyper competitive i mean i, 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 I want of competitive players that were also drinking a lot <laughs> that's fair i want to point out one thing uh because i don't know if edig is going to be like this humble uh oh we our guys were fine it's like no 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 you had radic bry in your team as you know the best bayou player you had Lucas Bober, who I know he's really good. Yourself, who I know is also really good. And like, come on now. Yeah, yeah I'll be exactly. honest. I, well, I only managed one win, so I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, no, no, no. You were taking the tough matchups. That's yeah, all. exactly. They were like, you were the, the, what we call the sacrificial lamb in team tournaments. We're like, okay, that's their strongest player. Just chuck me in go there. Go get him. Exactly. Well, I think another difficulty in putting the team together is that you need a player of each faction. And right. For example, for us, we had three people who wanted to play Bio, more or less. So, yep. as I said, it's uh, Radek, uh, Lukas, and me. Mm. Uh, Lukas was kind enough to switch to uh, Explorers like in the last four months. Right. Uh, and Radek played Outcast because he also plays Outcasts. 
Yes. Uh, yes. He's a zip. He's a zip fiend. He knows how to play zip better than anybody I've ever seen. A Mr. Mustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we also had a problem with Arcanist. Um, we had a, mm. uh, Oleshek from our team. He decided to join us and he uh, decided to just solo uh, Sandeep. Uh, mm-hmm. wow. And he also soloed uh, Symbols. He played five and Symbols. Uh, so yeah, yeah Edith, I think it was you who early on with Malifaux Burns was saying like Sandeep is kind of a problem in the symbols. Like he's so defensive on his own stuff, it's hard Jesus. to play against. Yeah. Uh, he can pull up like uh, double digits of ice pillars per turn. Yeah. So if he doesn't uh, near the symbols, uh, it's, it takes a while to get through them, and he yep. can easily put more uh, next turns. Yeah. So. He also yeah. transmute Garmin, right? Like Garmin become other Garmin, from what I remember. I played against yeah, him yeah. A, a couple of times. And all I remember is when Garmin would appear like randomly, like this model's a Garmin now. I'm like, what? Wait, no, get him. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah his, they're really hard to stop. Yeah, his bonus action on that trigger that's built in can swap a Garmin into another Garmin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, go yeah let's go ahead and uh, we'll just kind of look at this generally round by round i'm just we don't need necessarily a nitty-gritty details but i'm definitely curious to see if there was something in each round that stuck out stood out to you guys or something that was an interesting matchup that that happened for that um and i do have the pools here but we're not going to go through all of them because like we were saying there's eight different tables yeah but so round one um We'll start with you, Angel. I mean, was there anything round one that you or your team kind of ran into that was interesting or a buzzsaw or anything that happened to you in that round? So I don't, I don't remember much about my team because it was like I was already hungover day one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you were, you were, you're hungover and drunk before the tournament day one even started? I spent one week. I mean, I had the like 18 hours flights between 14 and 18 hours flight. Because I was flying from Vancouver to Amsterdam, Amsterdam sure. to Glasgow, and then etc. So I met two friends there, another two friends that don't play Mali for one week before the tournament. So we yeah. did a road trip through Scotland. It was amazing. But applied <laughs> a lot of drinking also. <laughs> the Scottish are known for drinking. Uh, so my first game was Titania 2 in Break the Line. I struggled with that shit a lot. Against Marcus Wang, the player that Edig was uh, talking about before, it was Marcus Wang with uh, three wing gamins. Uh, which team did you play against? Uh, Scotland, Angel? turn one. Okay. Uh, yeah, the first game was against Scotland. And really cool guy, really cool guy. Uh, and basically, I lost that game because I forgot about uh, Deadly Pursuit. Yeah, I forget about that. I was playing against a guy in our local tournament. And I forgot the hunters had it for uh, for augmented, and all of a sudden he's like, "I'm gonna push neck back to," and it was in, uh, I think this one was ley lines, and I was just like, "God, I forgot about that stupid thing." Basically, but... the game was just him running around doing breakthrough. I couldn't stop everything because I'm Titania. I mean, Titania, Titania too. It's just like you have some mobility, but not as much. And if I want to yeah. focus on my points, and basically he came back with one Cerberus that was still alive, or two Cerberus that were alive and push one of my lines back to prevent me from scoring one point. So it was down to seven. And then I could detonate, I could score detonate charges on a wind gaming that had already activated, but I just got lazy. I was like, ah, fuck it. I don't want to just move Titania, you know, 
uh, I'll do this thing here and I'll score it out of this Cerberus. Okay. And then the guy was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Where's the problem? And he was like, the guy obviously didn't say like, oh, I have the reported bitch. Then he was like, he was like, yeah, what's the problem? And then the end of the turn, well, now just, I push four. It's like, <laughs> God oh! bless <laughs> hey, Your brain just explodes into itself. Like, oh, that's right. Because he had like three models with daily pursuit and he has been doing it the whole game, you know? It was like, yeah, what's the problem? Yeah. Yeah. He's covering it on the servers. No, but like ex ex exhaustion is yeah. actually a huge problem in in And hungover, game. apparently. And hungover, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Playing Malifo hungover has to be. I haven't done it. I did it a lot with Guild Ball. Hmm. I haven't done it with Malifo necessarily yet, but that's got to be the worst because there's so many little things you got to try to remember. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I, I know that Edith was going to talk is going to talk about it next, but like, I am so curious as to what you drop into Ten Thunders because I don't know what the hell that is. Okay, <clears throat> so I was expecting uh, Shenlong because. In our local local meta, uh, right. Shenlong two. Uh, oh, I was playing uh, break the line on corner. Mm. Uh, didn't you say you just got break? Did you get break the line the entire day or the entire tournament? Uh, well, no, no, no. I got break the line. Ah, you do. Okay. You do. Okay. Uh, okay. So I was expecting uh, Shenlong, and I knew I was taking my tucket. Um, and then Alex, Alex dropped uh, Yanlo. And I knew it was going to be Yanlo 2 because he plays Yanlo 1 now. Yeah. And I chickened out from taking my usual roster on Mecha Mima with the survivors um, because the mobi mobility I get uh, from that is amazing on Brick Line and especially on Corner. And I took regular Ma with uh, Bow, with uh, the First Mate, a Bushwalker, and some other stuff. And the game was going well because I managed to kill like a good couple of models of, of him. And then Yanlo 2 with Tokomino joined the fight and I lost. <laughs> basically, the uh, Yanlo and the Tokomino uh, won the game. Uh, especially, I remember uh, during the last turn, I had like a 12, uh, I had a 12 and two 11s on my hand. I needed to cheat in the 12 to start, start the turn. And I was planning to kill uh, Komaino and to Komaino uh, with my mod activation. And he managed to uh, cheat in a 13 with his tactics token, which I couldn't uh, cheat over. So yeah, that I couldn't kill both of them. And that was quite impacting, impactful uh, later on the turn. Wait, but, wait. Yeah? You can do that with tactics tokens? You can reflip the initiative? No, not the initiative. Uh, I, the first activation, Ma was attacking uh, Komaino, and then he used a tactics token. Oh! Yeah, sir. yeah I think Edic was trying to smoke down the Komaino. Oh, tracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they're armor too, but like, Jesus Christ. He ignores armor. So. It was, no, no, it was oh. Ma 1, but it was on 1 HP. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so gotcha. that failed, <laughs> and then he managed to kill my uh, a couple of models, so I couldn't do research, and he won by one point. And later on, he went on to win the next four rounds so it's easier <laughs> to take in with you loads of a guy who won everything <laughs> yeah right oh man it still was a very enjoyable game uh we managed to play like in in two hours so we had like half an hour left so very clean very quick awesome game okay and, and yeah. what made you choose ma one over mar two again uh because yamlo 2 ignores armor 
and yep. he can choose where he attacks on willpower on defense. Mm. I was thinking that my one with defense six and willpower five is better than my two with defense four and willpower six. Uh, okay. But also survivors, I thought that with the armor one isn't that useful then. Okay. But after the game, I will take Mekamimo uh, after all. I always forget that fucking Yanlo 2 has the same attack as uh, Dreamer. Twist reality. Yeah, it's I good. always forget about it. Yeah. With hole in the world. Point. Yeah, <laughs> with, with hole in the world, because why not? Like, literally. And, stu and stupid fast, because he's, like, he's a balloon attached to a command. It's only movement too. Every single time I hear somebody say that, I'm just like, you asshole. Like, Let, you know better. We were, Dixon and I, we were, you and I were talking to... Uh, to the dreamer player on the last episode where we're right. like yeah yan lo is like zipping around like crazy it's ridiculous yes, yes he yeah. is yeah i think we cannot like take into account like which masters were played uh, in order to like uh, get some ideas about how the meta is honestly because mm. it's a team event right and like for example right. i played titania four times because it's the only master in everburn that i have painted yes yeah and and many people were like, oh, I'm going to just play Sandeep all the time, like Edek was saying, because I'm just going to just play simple. So it's not like a regular tournament when you need yeah. to diversify. But one thing was true. It was like there were fucking Jan Laws too everywhere, both in Resurrectionist and Ten Thunders. I think I, I was half of the total that. games of Resurrectionist and Ten Thunders were probably Jan Law too. So that's what I was going to ask you now too, because I have here, I sent you guys the Excel sheet. We have yep. the, the who won on round one, like the factions alone. We don't have masters, but you're painting it a, a very clear picture now. You're saying that Resurrection has had a lot of Yan Lo, and so the Ten Thunders. Yeah, uh, they, who beat the crap out of them? Because in Resurrection, they won only three times, and Ten Thunders only won twice. No, so they know for, one I of them. Know if for round one, one. They, they, it was like that, but. I said, like, overall, there were a lot of young oh, yeah. twos. A hundred percent, I believe you. I'm just saying, like, I just wanted to know who were they playing against. You know what I mean? Like, like just in general. You okay, said that um, you played... Oh, yes. I just wanted to say that I know that our Razor player didn't play Yanlo at all, at all because he doesn't have him. Right. And at least in the first round, the Wales player also didn't play Yanlo. He okay. was playing symbols, so... But I am not good symbols. Okay, never mind. But I know. He, remember, he played Molly. So yeah. Well, so mm. could could the same could the same team drop the same double master in the same round? So could no. you see? Okay, so you couldn't drop it in the same round, but like if next round I wanted to play it instead of the other player, I could. Yeah. Okay. 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 So you guys had limitation also on on the double faction masters. Yeah. So double faction masters could not be shared among the teammates. Got it. Damn, that's rough. That is super rough. Yeah, it, oh. it made. I think yeah. it made it super interesting um, because you're not you're not going to see like we were saying the same thing all the time. Right. Even though you saw a like, it sounds like if a team had it available, one person was going to drop Yanlo too. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, I, I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you could just drop four masters in eight games, to be honest. <laughs> and that yeah. would be quite disappointing. Yep. My, our wrestler player brought Kirai 2 and Janlo 2. Well, Kirai, generally, and Janlo 2. 
and he he didn't have that many reps with Janlo too, so he really struggled to to make the crew work. Okay. Like he, he played Janlo two maybe twice before going into this. Right, right. And then he ended the tournament like Janlo two is fucking OP. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. He's no, no. But that's, that's a, I know that sounds extreme. But like when you play against a good Yano player, you're like, Jesus, what is this? And the problem is like both of us, all three of us actually, because Ide also we we play a lot of Vassal, and Vassal doesn't have the same limitation as in real life, where like all models are all the time, forever and ever. You know, you 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 always get to be aware of, of yeah, exactly all the combos, right? But in real life, that is a real limitation. Like you said, Edek, you said that somebody didn't have Yan Low 2. And Angel, you said that he just didn't have practice with Yan Low 2. Right? So that's an actual real life limitation. That's the main reason why you're not going to see somebody like top in the charts all the time. So these numbers are going to be different between real life and Malifaux in Vassal. I mean, yeah. yeah. I like that. Sorry. I was just like super excited. Like in real life, things just feel. Like significantly different in the tournament scene. Of our team, the player that brought more keywords, I think it was three, right? Nice. So he had so like you, basically you had a lot of people specializing in basically sounds like two two keywords essentially. Hmm. Because also everything needed to be painted. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, so, wait, what did you bring, Edek? You're okay, kind of so, quiet now. <laughs> well, I did bring uh, Trixie, Swamp Fiend a bit. Uh, I didn't have a lot of Swamp Fiend. Uh, Infamous, Trichy, and Kin. So I had five keywords and Holy used two of, the, two of them. Okay. But you I always bring the, the whole bag. Bring the whole bag. Yeah, no, hell no. Th I that, way I can, <laughs> that way I make bad decisions. Nah, I bring, <laughs> usually I bring Swamp Fiend, Faye, and Woe. For the exact reason that Angel was saying. It's like, it's what I have that is fully painted. <laughs> okay, so both did both of y'all's uh, teams end up generally winning round or turn, no, round one? There we go. I think we got the tie. Okay. Yeah, and we got win, uh, but I don't remember how, how much it was. Uh, let's see. I got here, it says Poland. Plus 18, so that means that you have four wins and a tie. I mean, and a loss. Is that correct? No, not four uh, wins. No. If it's okay. 18, it must be six wins and two losses. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Math. I, math, Dixon. My, my brain. I'm sorry. So, yeah, it's four, uh, six, <laughs> six wins and two wins. losses. Yes. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah, it says Scotland here had 14, so that means one draw at the very least, and then, or two draws, right? So three times three, 12, 12 plus two. Yeah, it should be three wins, two lo uh, two draws, and two losses, right? Uh, four wins, two, two, four, two, two. Yeah. Yes, math. Jesus Christ, Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's four, two, two. And then Sweden and Spain are tied. Oh, I'm sorry, Sweden and England are tied. So what happened there? Like, you guys have eight. So it's two wins, two ties, like you said? Uh, no, no, I'm talking to Spain, uh, Angel. Oh, so yeah. it was against Scotland, the first one, not Sweden. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I but think no, I'm looking at all us... the teams. Sorry. Ah, uh, at the end of the round, yeah, we had I think one win, two ties, or something like that. No. So one. it says eight. So I'm assuming two wins that would be six, and then two ties would be eight total. So then it makes sense. Yeah, and, two wins, and... two ties, and four losses. 
no, no, four losses because the total number of games at the end is five games. So two wins, two uh, ties. I think Dixon is saying in the first round. Yeah, ah, in the first, first round. round, just first round. Ah, okay, okay, it's just first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah I'm looking for I'm split. looking per round on the on the tournament uh, results. That's the reason why I know these numbers. Yeah, I mean, and looking at that, I mean, definitely, I mean, round by round, I mean, we could go yeah. for each team, but I don't know if that's that's worth a lot. I think I'm more interested in um, more general kind of things as far as kind of what you started noticing yeah. each round. Sorry, um, I'm just like very curious about numbers. I mean, we can talk general numbers kind of towards the end of it. I got gotcha. you. Um, but I don't I don't know how much insight we have on the other teams, you know, so. That is true. That is true. Um, what we know is the first round was how important it is to check which strategies do you set a player out? Mm. Because, for example, the first round, it was uh, the first four struts and repeated in the same uh, same order. So, for example, we had to pull out a player for break the line twice and something else twice. So it swapped uh, every round, but you more than look at the table, it was important to look which strategies you choose uh, the teams, the, uh, the factions. Gotcha. So that was very important. Yeah, after round one, I just went to my team captain and told him, like, don't you dare give me break the line again, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I don't think break the line is great for Titania in general. No. Because I feel like Titania wants to use her actions mostly for punching and, and throwing, you know, if you bring one, throwing her ranged attack out. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have, what, the walled guys, I guess, technically don't hate that, but... I had the Titania too, so at least you get that small push at the beginning of the activation that allows you to push the the marker and everything. But it was like really, really action intensive, you know. Like turn three, yeah. my opponent already had four points of a strat basically, and like, there was no way for me to to prevent it. And I was still like, let's kick these cans once more, you little auto knight and you little wallgeist. Yeah. So we, I think we can move to round two if you guys want. Yeah. So round round two in general, um, I mean, we can start with you, Edic. I mean, is this another break the line with Maw that you had to drop? Yeah. Uh, this time I played, it was the Makamimo and the Cooper round. Um, okay. <laughs> this was a super stressful game when you lose your master mid-turn two. But, yeah, so uh, how do so how do you generally, because I think we've all been there where we lose our master early, like, what is your mind going through when you lose? Like, did you even get an activation with Maw turn two, or did she die before you activated? Uh, yeah, I didn't get it. was the first activation of the turn, and she tried to hit Uller three times and missed three times, having mm -hmm. uh, like two 12s and 11 on my hand. <laughs> so that was a bit painful. that's frustrating, yeah. Um, but still, uh, well, she took in the whole almost the whole roster uh, to kill her. So my opponent decided to focus down Ma, and uh, seeing what's, what's going on, I decided to focus on schemes and the strategy. Uh, and this worked out because I managed to get four points out of Break the Line, um, and one point from Breakthrough, and one point from uh, Research Mission. And mm. what I noticed was that I was so focused on trying not to lose the game because that's probably in a single in a single uh, tournament. I would probably give up 
uh, at that point because um, this is most probably lost. But in the team tournament, you have to think about the team. Um, I was looking how to get the draw at, uh, at all costs. And I missed the I missed a win because I was focusing not to lose. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask because I I saw that you got you said the that you were using Ma I'm assuming Ma one I couldn't hear if it was Ma one no, or two. Mecha Mima. It was Mecha okay, Mima. so you were using Mecha Mima and you got a tie in break the line with yeah. four points on your break the line. How did he get six points? Was it like two points per scheme? Uh, okay, so he got two points from break the line. Mm-hmm. He got um, research twice i believe right and and then so he must have gotten the four points from the schemes though and that's the reason why you're saying you were trying not to lose but you forgot that you could have denied his points to win no i could i could get one more point uh Ah. i was just tired from uh, when you're playing against uh, almost a full roster uh without your master you it's very yeah. uh, challenging. And I would well, it's pretty stressful because like everything else is so fragile. Yeah, you're just trying not to lose everything else. Now that I mean, Ma usually can take a pretty good beating, but generally speaking, the rest of the keyword is pretty paper mache a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're playing survivors, Ma too makes survivors actually shine. But who was his master then? Because I saw that you were playing against Cooper. explorers. Cooper. 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 That was a Cooper game. Yeah. Oh my um, sweet baby Jesus! Okay, so I lost. Uh, I missed the win because for, for for one, I forgot the harpooner. The harpooner. When did you see a harpooner on the table? Never, uh, never. <laughs> and uh, the harpooner also has reel in, so right. he moved out a skin marker for my break breakthrough uh, end. Oh. And he even flipped the mask uh, from the deck. He didn't even have to cheat in. But oh. if he had, so it didn't make a difference. But I mis, uh, miscounted different markers for a research mission. And I could get seven points out of the game uh, no matter what. But I was just uh, too exhausted at that point, And I yeah. wasn't thinking straight. Uh, so that's on me. I accept that, but still, I was very glad to get the, get the draw uh, mm-hmm. after losing Ma. So yeah, yeah, pr- proud of you, Edith, because I know sometimes when I lose my master, I'm like, yeah, f this game, it's going to go south, and it's easy to kind of get down on yourself and then make more mistakes. So it, it does take a lot of fortitude to kind of stay in there and yeah, and try to win after, especially after Ma is so important to Trixie a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah, she is such a monster uh, that usually she is like the the giant lever that makes the entire keyword work. Yeah, what about you, Angel? How'd your uh, round two game go with Titania again? I went with Titania. I play against Race, Insomniac Wolf, Mr. Chaudhry, Discord. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Chaudhry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, he knew I was playing Neverborn, and. They offered me because it was corrupt ley lines. I wanted to play corrupt ley lines. And it was like he was like, no, no, I'm getting you, I'm getting you. I don't care about the other players. Like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Race is an amazing player. It's an amazing player. Amazing yeah, guy. He's too. damn good. And he was he put Ophelia one on me. Yeah. On a table that had like a circle of like around twelve inches of diameter in the center of the table. There was one box. One small crate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> like that was all the, there were then there was like a, like some sort of making like a circle or something around a building here, building there. But like literally the center of the table was complete dessert where there was only one box. And and the strategy marker. That's it. Sounds like you picked the wrong tournament to bring Titania. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> so um, at some at turn one, just like start shooting with the one that drops the glass. Did, puts some did he play Ophelia there. one or two? One, one, Ophelia one. Okay. Ophelia one. So he, he was good, he was going for the killy Ophelia. Yeah. And so yeah, I didn't have uh, turn one, he started shooting. I went with my favorite standard Titania one list, which is like uh, bring the big guys. Malisaurus, Emissary, Ryder, uh, Serena Bowman, and uh, Bultungin. But no because... Kurgan. Shame. No, no, I know. But I think I they know. have the model, first of all. I so know. I need to I make know. a proxy and paint it. So and paint it, yeah. It's too much. <laughs> also, Pain the Kurgan isn't easy to make a proxy, to be honest. Oh, good God. I just put like a bunch of mud on a base and just put a couple <laughs> twigs on there. I mean, put a smiley that's face. What, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> just a smiley face. And you write Kurgan on it. It's like, it's a Kurgan. Yep. <laughs> little name tag. Hello, my name is Kurgan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Turn Wang, I didn't have. I just move a little bit and concentrate with everybody, so I wouldn't get shot that much. Yeah. Of course, the glass was the glasses from Ophelia upgrade were already there, bothering me. And turn two, I was hoping like to have like a decent turn two hand or something, and so I could go in. And my turn two hand was shit, like horrible. I had literally the mask to do the Titania teleport, and I was like, well, I have two options at this point. I either go in. And trust on Yu-Gi-Oh's grandpa to help me. Yeah. Because I have shit on my hand and I discarded four cards from turn one. Or uh, this game is lost because I cannot keep waiting on playing like KG or something like that because he's going to shoot me out of the table. Yeah. So we just what you know what? Here is my emissary. Move, attack. Here is my Malisaurus. Pushes Titania, moves, charges. And here is Titania. Teleports, charges. And it's like, and now <laughs> I'll trust in the in the cards. And yeah. actually, it went. I'm not gonna say pretty well for me, but my two of those three models survive, which was a great success. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Titania, Titania, were able was able to like hold a lot of her crew for a while for entire turn entire turn two. And most on turn three, hmm. and she ended up being alive because in her activation, being in the middle of the of the enemy crew helps uh, helps with life leech to keep her alive. Right? I burned through all my stones. I got a couple of the trigger that heals you, that heals you two and removes a condition. So she managed to survive. But my goal was mainly killing Sami. I spent like two full turns just trying to kill Sami because once you kill Sami. Ophelia's crew doesn't draw cards, so at least yeah. we're at the same level. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, now now we can play a game. I mean, Sami is also like a giant pain in the ass to the uh, Malosaurus Rex, as certain somebody here taught me. I played a game, what is it, like a week ago or something like that against Angel. Literally, the Malosaurus Rex did nothing. He never killed it. He just went injured, injured, and now you're out of the table. Like, with the yeah, with, the void, I was like, yeah. I need void, like yeah. a twelve, yeah, because I need to save a twelve just for him. It's like Malosaurus Rex, so he passes this one twelve, and then like one time I literally saved the twelve, and then he went and did it twice, and I'm just like, 
screw you, man. <laughs> and Angel, do you not like the uh, Aramanthian board? Or do you just not have the model? I, I had a proxy for it, but okay. uh, there was no severe terrain at all in the whole thing. Yeah, that's the thing that sucked about that, it sounds like. So it yeah. was like, and he can get shot with uh, from Rami easily. Yeah. So I thought I had that game in my pocket because Titania, Titania really pulled her weight. And I did one play that Royce didn't expect, I think, that it was... I had my rider load of fate tokens. Like, pff, I think he ended up the game like, with 13 fate tokens or something like that. But he was just running running with the ball, right? Mm. And I think he was counting on me going into the middle. I think it was turn four of what he had left of the crew, like around four or five models, and just do the explosion thing, so to get an attack on everybody. Sure. Right. The problem is, like, I didn't even have the six to, to do the rebel in conflict. And I was like, I don't even have cards to hit. So what, what am I going to do? I did that, but I did the, the previous Rebel in Conflict, the one that puts the hazardous thing. Right, right, right. And uh, Ophelia mm-hmm. was in a hungry landmarker that uh, Titania put her the previous turn there. So it was really like, well, now it's your call, bro. You want to activate yeah. Ophelia and kill my things? She's going to take two points of damage for its action that she does, so she's going to yep. end up dead. Yep. And that that was the play of the game, I think. And then I thought I had the game, and his last activation of turn of the turn five, I had my rider in base contact with a corruptor line marker, and I think that, that turn most of our models were already dead. I think he had two models left in the table: the emissary and something else that didn't matter. I think it was Rami, mm-hmm. and I had the snake, Titania, Serena Bowman, and the rider. And the rider was just there next to the corruptible lines, and the Serena Bowman was also there in case, like for some sort of miracle, the rider right. dies. Even he had like thirteen tokens or something like that. But let's just keep both of them there next to the marker. And he went oh. with the emissary. He just walks, charges from the other corruptible line marker, hits my emissary, and I only flip three cards in that turn. Okay, initiative one with the, with Titania to do the teleport to score death bets. Right. And the Black Joker. Uh, oh. For the defense of the attack. I had the Red Joker in hand. Oh. And he just cheats a four of masks and he tells me, this is the highest mask I have in hand for the knock aside trigger. Right. And it's like, well, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, I can't oh, cheat a Black Joker. Man. You can't cheat a Black Joker. Dude, I was going to say, it's like, how the hell did he come back from the jaws of defeat? Because I saw that you guys tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, he was like, I had a four of masks. Like, hey, sometimes you got to do the hail mary and just yeah, see if it pays off. The, exactly. He, because he was like, oh, I was trying to try to deny you the death beds, but you really put the with the steamroll right from the emissary, but you really put really well the drop down the well the the scheme and the underbrush. I had three underbrush next to three skin markers yeah so he could only remove one one set with the steam roll to, to positioning and he was like yeah. well hell mary let's go try to get your guy out of the way hmm. and it worked yeah so looking at um and i think just because we're kind of we're already getting kind of towards that hour mark but oh the, the last that's fine the last three let's just kind of do more, yeah, so four, but let's do more kind of generalizations for these last four because we know Poland, you know, came in first, then 
Angel, your team came in third there. But what about just generally kind of those last rounds? Was there any kind of like plays like Angel just had where it kind of really just something happened where you weren't expecting it or maybe it was a matchup that was really bad for you or good for you depending on how okay, it goes i'm gonna forward through the three matchups then i face poland third round against rafael who dropped perdita two i tried to go with marcus two and he just shot me out of the table it was perdita like, two think, is a beast i think i kill a model and perdita two for example she wouldn't even care about concealing yeah she can ignore it because she can ignore it with the fucking upgrade so it's like I picked the map that had two forests, two small forests, and not even that mattered. Yep. So, yes, he he won 4-3. Then my fifth game was against uh, Spurs Society. He dropped base one. So turn one, I had a lot of shots in my in my crew. and But the Malisauro survived at two health, and I managed to, to come back from that. He killed most of my models at the end, but I killed most of them, and I got a, a pull and drag uh, triggered with the emissary in last round to deny him two points. Nice. nice. As a curiosity in that game, Titania attacked eight times, all of them with positives, and he failed. she failed all the attacks. <laughs> <laughs> this is tax six against defense six, and he you know, Angel, flipped better feel, or had the cards. I would feel bad for you, but stat seven autumn nights can go f themselves, so I don't feel bad <laughs> I was for playing one. And then last game, okay, last game I want to dedicate two minutes if you guys allow me because it was yeah, horrible. It was against Monchil Wang. Monchil. And instead of bringing, a, well, I didn't know which Monchil, but instead of bringing the the rider because Monchil can easily kill him both options, both choices. I brought candy. Okay. So okay. turn one, I exposed my sneaky snake. Uh, so Bonshield will come and try to kill her, and she did. And I had a 13 of masks in hand. No, a 13 that it wasn't masks. And candy at my last activation, so I could jump to Bonshield if she overextends. So the guy, we flipped. I used a span of soulstone. I'm so confident. It's like. Unless he has a 13, he didn't have only cards in hand or something like that already. Or had only two, and I knew they were in high cards. And he flips the red joker from deck. And he's like, well, it's okay, right? <laughs> oh. That's luck, whatever. Candy doesn't teleport. Right, right, right. But in turn two, this guy flipped twice the red joker in a negative flip for damage to kill my Malisaurus. What? In turn three, he flipped again the red joker from the deck, defending with bone shield, so my candy couldn't even teleport a single time in the whole game me having 13s in hand and spending soul stones because he kept hitting the red joker and that time it was even worse because i had one shield at injure three but he flipped the red joker didn't get the i i think i flipped a six or something so it also failed so he was like how is it even possible and then I think it was turn four. I, I think I did like 30 points of damage to that bone shield. He's thinking. It was just getting healed again and again. Like running away. Basically, his tactic was like, bone shield is going to go, break havoc in your crew, and then the other models will pull him back and heal him back. Right? Yeah. So that was basically how it was working. And it was working very well for him. But I managed, I think it was turn four, Janik was at two health. Steam Trunk was at one health. 
Bone Shield was on two health. Both were in range of explosion of the steam trunk. And I had Titania there. He had no soul stones left. I well, I, I didn't have Titania there. Titania went there teleporting. And then I just needed to move the underbrush with a two under the steam trunk, and I will kill Steam Trunk, Bone Shield, and Janik before did they you, activate. Did you black joker it? And I black joker it. <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking black joker it. It's like I could kill three models before they activate turn four in turf war. Turning your turning your markers, two of your markers, because he had the center one and the one in, in his deployment. Sure, so sure. It's like this is the play of the game. I just need to flip, not the Black Joker. I, it this, was like my first activation of the game. <laughs> See, at that point, uh-huh. it's kind of like, I would think at that point, to get you to second, Dixon, that yeah. you're just like, you know, it's been a rough game. He's been getting all these red Jokers. Now is my chance. And then you just, boom, Black yep. Jokered it. I'd probably leave the table at that point. Honestly. Oh, yeah, I'd just walk <laughs> away. But this is the reason why I always put Ancestral, uh, Ancient Pact, sorry. I put always Ancient Pact on her because she flips so many flipping cards and she's so important for me winning that I just don't want to fail any duels. No, but you know what I am? I'm very careful on how many cards I, cards I flip when I activate Titania. And sometimes I just delay the activation to wait until I flip the black and stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, I'm I get very you. aware of that. But yeah. this one was like the first activation of the turn, right? It's like, what are the chances? Yeah, what's, what are the odds, right? It's a uh, one in 35. And he also got another red joker <laughs> on negative damage to my poor emissary with Hana to drop my emissary from <laughs> from hero to zero basically. Well not seven zero, damage. it's hard to kill. Yeah, it's just but seven damage. That's it. The lag just... the lag was really one sided even the I, guy I told feel me, like, for you, Angel. I'm sorry, I don't know what's what's going on with my deck today. But I managed to score a win because my last action, which was yeah, last activation of the game, Gandhi does their the thing that stuns people, the glimpse of insanity. Stun and discard, yeah. So I stun uh, Hannah. I trigger Misery, push Hannah two inches, and get her out of scoring the second point of research mission. And that gave me the game. It's like, well, at least one flip. <laughs> Something went your way. Yeah. To be honest, uh, I think it's, it's quite uh, refreshing that in a game where Angel was, uh, Angel's opponent was flipping so hot, he still managed to get a win, so that's... Yeah, I mean, how many other hard. games where something like that happens? Like, I just think about playing, like, 40k or War Machine when your dice just suck, and usually you're getting tabled at that point. That's why, to me, Malifaux can be very refreshing, because it's like, you can have all these terrible things happen, and you can still try to scrape a win out of it. The thing was, like, he was... I was trying so hard to kill Bonchil, and he was trying so hard to heal trying so hard to heal him wasn't paying attention that, that the game was just literally me throwing all my crew onto his crew so he didn't li- basically didn't leave deployment after turn two that's big hmm. yeah if you can bog somebody down close to their deployment zone that that usually even if you're not necessarily killing them usually that can get you the advantage because they're not positioning where they want to be they're just trying to survive and kind of react to what you're doing all right, Nidic, what about you? What are some uh, some experiences you had with these later rounds um, as you continued to maw tuck it your way through it? Okay, so my <clears throat> first game was against uh, Spain's uh, Arcanist player. We played break the lane corner. Uh, I was playing Mia Camimo, he was playing Colored One. Um, 
I played this game as I always play against uh, Colette on Break the Line. We were playing corners, so two markers were in one corner and two were in the other. And he sent out uh, Cassandra and uh, what's his name, uh, Carlos, to move two markers on my right. And I moved my whole roster to move the two other two markers. We both scored four points from uh, Break the Line and two points from uh, Schemes. It was a draw. Um, I managed to give him uh, Hidden Martyrs because I killed uh, Angelica and the Shogar in one turn, but I killed Angelica with Scaler from Matake, pushing her into a pit trap. Nice. And that doesn't count as killing a model, which right. I don't like. Uh, the best part what, of this... Wait, what? No, if you kill a model by pushing him into uh, Hazardous terrain, it's not killed by you. Yeah. Oh, snap. Death by Hazardous terrain is not killed by a model. Uh, yeah. So then uh, the, the best part of the game was when I killed half of the duet. Uh, mannequin dropped uh, out and Sparks managed to kill him, uh, giving me death bets. That was a funny play. Uh, so the next game was against Pandora. I took Ophelia T on Craft Ley Lines. Mm. The game started well because I killed Serena turn one and then I killed the Hooded Rider early in turn two. And then Candy moved into my roster and I died. <laughs> that's a very short version, but that's what happened. Oh and yeah. Um, well, after every model activated, it suffered three damage. Three times one damage exactly. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And my last game was against Marcos on break the line, on flank. And again, uh, it was two markers in one corner and two in the other. And again, uh, the opponent scored four from break the line, and I moved my whole roster into one corner. Hmm. And my opponent decided to try and do outflank. And that doesn't work. And most of the time, and uh, after I moved my whole roster into the one corner specifically, and I had Mekamima with 12 cups, I knew he was not going to get uh, outflank. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, that was my uh, last win that game. Um, yeah, so I was playing Break the Line four times in the event. I think Bio is not great in Break the Line, but huh. not all of... Yeah, I think Bio is okay, but I think the top masters in Break the Line are noticeably better at Break the Line than Bio Masters. Okay. Uh, but still, not a lot of people wanted to play Break the Line, so that's why I was playing Break the Line. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... That were the games. Um, I think everything was great apart from the terrain, which I believe next time will be better. Uh, they received the uh, feedback and say, okay, we get it. Uh, it <laughs> we yeah. get it, terrain. We got you. Yeah, gun well, lines are not good for the game. It, well, not. it was not was... gun lines, in my opinion, because guns are still affected by covers, right? True. It was yeah. the fact that anybody that has a ranged attack that doesn't have a gun. Oh. Yeah. You know, yeah. you drop Pandora 2 in those tables. I wanted to drop Pandora 2, but I didn't have the models. Like, I would drop Pandora 2 in those tables and I fucking win all the games because it's, like, never going to be on a negative. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. It's just, like, crazy. It was just, like, I talked to Luis and he told me, like, when we organized, like, I don't know if it was a, a Scottish hit GT last time, 
and we had very bad we had a lot of feedback that we put too much severe concealing so this time we contain ourselves it's like dude there has to be a fucking middle term you know between yeah. <laughs> playing in all forest and playing in no forest at all like in, no no you can also you can also have banks of fog banks of fog give you yeah. dense concealing without giving you severe they're like perfect for newer players too well, yeah, I think it, um, there are a few masters that we struggle struggle with uh, vassal tables. I believe, like I think uh, Ulex has a lot of trouble because there's a lot of barrels and small cover right. uh, around, and moving the pigs around is quite difficult. Uh, and this event, uh, Ulex could could move as he liked and had no prob- no issues. Um, so it was a very different experience. Uh, to be honest, but at the same at the same time, it was refreshing because he, right. we had to come up came up come up with different ideas. Yeah. Uh, so that was a positive of that, but still, I believe there should be more considering terrain at the event. Yes. Yeah, because like uh, the thing, the overall numbers when I'm looking at them, the factions that have the best amount of like you know range, not gun attacks, were doing great. Like. Ten Thunders, Outcast, Resurrectionist, and then Guild. Like, literally, all of them have range attacks. Guild has guns, but, like, apparently they did well. Everybody else was, like, kind of struggling. I mean, I feel like Guild's in a pretty good spot anyways. Oh, for sure. But still, in real life, like, you would think that, you know, having consumer would also be a, a necessary thing. But no. They're like, just let it happen. <laughs> oh. But it's true what Edik was saying about uh, Ulix, for example, our best player was brought Ophelia 2 and Ulix 1. And he just played Ulix 1 because he was like, and he won all the games but one. And I was like, it's the tables are perfect for me. I can't do any strategy. There is not much terrain yeah. that blocks me or blocks my big bases, whatever. Yeah. And he yeah, won yeah. most of the games by a by big difference. Yep. I mean, it's one of those things that you like, you, you don't realize. Why is it that a master is not doing well? It's mostly because of that. Because like sometimes terrain, strategy, your your meta, like all oh, this meta doesn't like playing with like anything in the middle. All of a sudden, a certain master is gonna be like the best in that meta. Yeah. yeah uh, another uh, weird experience for me was because I played breakdown breakdown three uh, four times and three times on uh, like uh, diagonal. Uh, on the, diagonal, yeah. Uh, there were at my tables at least there were no lines printed onto the table, and <laughs> measuring uh, the eight inches from the certain line mid game uh, was very challenging. And trying to not uh, show your schemes sometimes. Yeah. For example, research mission uh, first game, I was extra cautious trying to not show uh, that I'm trying to do research mission. Mm. Uh, because I, I probably could score it a turn earlier, but I wanted to make sure it's on his half without showing him yet. So yeah, that was also a bit strange, but it was manageable. So yeah, yeah, I don't yes, that's really true. That's really true. Yeah. Not having the lines was like my last game. That 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 insane game against Bonchil. My opponent was like, "So you have a claim jump on the emissary, right?" She was like. What do you think? <laughs> was like, and you probably have it in hand. And he's like, well, I cannot confirm or deny such allegations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that is part of the fun of Malifaux is 
I mean, and when you get good enough, a lot of times you can guess. Um, and sometimes you guess wrong, though. So it just depends on how yeah. well you kind of spell it out. But yeah, when there's no lines, you almost have to pre-measure because then if you're just like a millimeter out, like if you're doing claim jump and you're just not close enough to the center, not only did you give it away, but then you didn't get the point. Yeah, and just to be sure and clear, I did not expect them to have 24 uh, game mats ready for the event because that's quite a commitment. Uh, so it's it's okay. I, get, I know it's a limitation, but still, I'm very used to play online. So it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that is tough, especially when you have so many people that aren't local coming to the event. So it's it's not like they can travel and bring their mats as well because usually who's going to fly in with you know six extra mats with them or whatever yeah but what we do here and i did before in the past organizing a tournament we have only like a couple of mats with the printed lines it was like we put like this uh, painting tape you know that doesn't ruin the mm -hmm. other mats on yeah, top good, at yeah. least marking the center line so i mean i'm looking at because i see the kind of spreadsheet that chris put together but honestly i'm looking at a lot of the numbers and it seems like most of the factions mm -hmm. there's not one where it's like holy crap this faction did like really well i yeah. guess 10 thunders i mean they always seem to do okay yeah I, I don't know about you guys but 10 thunders to me almost invites a certain type of player anyways he's very <laughs> meticulous and kind of I don't know, very schemey like that anyway. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I notice a certain type of player generate generally kind of floats towards 10 Thunderers in general. Honestly, I'm surprised by the numbers in Guild, but that gets explained by the Guild player in Spain, from Spain. Yeah. That he played terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He said that, but I'm, I was looking at him. He did not do terrible. Like, I guess he went, what, 4-4, four and four, and that's why he's saying that? I, I don't remember how how he went in the end. But we had like great expectations for him, especially with the because he was playing basically the list of Dashiell that is just horrible. The bad one that draws you turn car ten cards turn one and has two executioners with fast in your face. Right. And yeah, because you but, just target the dispatcher and then you don't remove him, so you just draw a card exactly. with everything you do. It's a it's a list that basically it was made by by our bio player and told him like, look. You want to play Dashiell, this is the list to play Dashiell. And actually, this our Bayou player played Dashiell before a lot. And I always said that I think he never lost a game with Dashiell 1. Oh, my. He lo he played many games with Dashiell 1 and never lost a game with Dashiell 1. Okay. Well, then, that's in incredible, because like, I know Andres is really, really, really good. So Andres I almost just want to play like a tournament with Dashiell 1 and Dashiell 2. Just solo Dashel, but just kind of flex in between playing Dashel one and two. I, I think you could not do terrible with that. I mean, he has a lot I of. I think Dashel is one of the. The problem with Dashel is that I think he has a high floor. Okay, yeah. to get the best out of him, Dashel one at least. And I don't have that much spring against Dashel two, but once you get it, it's like you draw, you generate nine soulstones of models every turn while drawing cards. You recover soulstones, and now with the DCU. You can draw two extra cards per turn and give fast to both your executioners, turn one, easily. So in turn a... one, you have two executioners with fast and focus one or two full life in your deployment. Yep, and you can suicide them. You can suicide them. You can just all suicide day. them. And you want them to, you want to suicide them. So next turn you have another nine soulstone model. So in turn three, you are playing with seventy seven soulstones where your opponent started the game with fifty. Yeah. And yep, you are drawing between five and ten cards per turn. 
yeah. yeah. I played that on the course. <laughs> I hate hate the fact that you have to kill a nine point model every turn against them. You have to kill more than a nine point model to be able to get ahead. Because he's going to start denying your your schemes and strategies constantly. The thing is, like, it, that happens. I think it happens to many players. Like sometimes you have this list that is like the perfect list for your master, but you go too much tunnel vision onto it, mm. and when somebody does something that you are not, you don't expect, it like kind of breaks how you're playing, and yeah. you cannot adapt to the situation because it's like, oh, but my list works like this. Like, yeah, but. Your opponent is also th doing things too, you know? You cannot just do yeah. the same and expect uh, mm. the same results all the time. Edek, how do you feel about that? How do you feel like, like what he just said? Like, how do you deal with adapting? Uh, well, I did not have the pleasure to play against Dashiell yet, but I don't like summoners as uh, in general. I don't like playing with 50 stones against 70, 80, 90 stones. Yeah, um, and I have, I have very strong opinions on guild. I would like not to go into deep too deep into that because we no, have no, people need chats for that. Let uh, the rage fuel your hate. Do it. Say it. Uh, yeah, I yeah. There are a few things I would like to see change in guild. Love <coughs> of. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was a great event for Guild because they didn't have to play symbols if they didn't want to. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Do you think that's their weakest uh, strat in general? I think it's confirmed in Vassal Dada even. Okay. Yeah. I think Rafael uh, lost like a handful of games uh, this year. I think all of most of most of them were symbols, if not all of them. Okay. So yeah, uh, guild really struggles into symbols. So, gotcha. Yeah. As a curiosity that a guild player did during the Six Nations, he was playing Corruptal Lines with Lady Justice, and he managed to bury all the models but the Lowstone Carrier, and then kill the Lowstone Carrier. So the other guy couldn't score more points from the strategy because the Lowstone doesn't have a valid target to go to. Yeah, that, that did happen, yeah. It's like an interesting fact. When someone told me, it's like, what the fuck? Or what? <laughs> where, where does it go? Well, to be honest, I cannot see how you get your whole crew uh, buried. Uh, that's very weird to me. But yeah, apparently yeah. it happened and it generated a bug in the game. <laughs> yeah, at, at that point, it's almost like you're winning more at that point, where it's like, yes. okay, you're probably going to win like, anyways. Like the. It happens one of a, out of one thousand games, right? But it happened yep. here. And I was like, "Shit!" I didn't even consider a situation like this. Yep. Oh, uh, I have a quick question about Rafael. You just mentioned that, and I saw one of the games that he had. I think it was round five. He had a one-one game, literally one VP uh, to one VP. <laughs> How do you do that? I'll, I'll be honest. I think it was, I know that Lewis was using the. Alpha bag of tools too, okay. and he there were some errors with the results. Uh, I okay. don't think that is the official result. Okay, I, I think gotcha, he won gotcha. the last game, so it couldn't be one one at least. It could be one one nil, but it couldn't be one one. I still uh, use long shanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm trying to get our local players to go to long shanks. I appreciate the work it put into Bag of Tools. 
yeah, I sure. just think that long shanks is um, well, it's a lot more uh, mm, features built in, and yeah. it's great at collecting data. And I don't think backup tools even yes. stores masters play. Yeah, I like it better for the data collection as far as long shanks. I've I've talked with Sam about some of the features on it. And in general, like the features are okay and they have most of the stuff you would want. There's a couple things that I've asked to tweak and we'll see if it'll yeah. probably get done eventually, but yeah. the reporting and the stats that you can just look up, the more that it collects, just the more accurate and more trends that we can see, which is definitely worth it. Yeah. 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 It's a better platform overall. That's even yeah. Bagel tools too will have to improve a lot that they are working on it in order to sure. be better than long checks. And, and honestly, I think, I think honestly, com competition I breeds a better product anyways. Yeah, I mean, but why are they competing when they can be, you know, supporting each other? Like, well, I mean, you already you already have a platform in long shanks. They could just be helping Sam. Uh, to be honest, I think it's a, well, not culture, but it, they, well, Malifaux was before uh, even Gilball. I think Bank yeah. of Tools could have been even before long shanks, but no. I might be wrong about, no? Yeah. Longshanks has been around since at least 2016, uh, I think. Yeah, it's like 15, 16. Oh, Bagotul Bagotul has been there since the beginning of second edition of Malifaux. Oh, so, no shit. So it's probably uh, before that. And well, they always used uh, Bagotul, so it's a more natural tool for people sure. in Malifaux. Oh, I see. Still, I think uh, Longshanks is a better tool, but mm. I'm not organizing any events, so what can I do? And I, I think it <laughs> needs to be added that uh, on Discord, on, on the Vassal series, uh, there's this guy, I can't remember his nickname, uh, he collects data, data and provides fantastic analysis of that. Well, the cool thing about Longshanks is, too, you can retro add them. So if I do a tournament, I can then just create an event and just put the results in after the fact. So you don't even have to use it while you're doing the tournament. But I think it's good just to dump the data in afterwards. No, I honestly wish everybody would move to Longshanks. But uh, in UK, they are using the bag of tools because they start using it like a lot of years ago. Sure. And also because they have this website that is called the uh, UK Mali for Rankings. Yeah. And that's synchronized automatically with bag of tools. Yeah. Correct. But like the thing is like every other, well, not every other one, but like I, I know at least France is doing it in Germany. Is using bagel yeah. tools. I mean, uh, not bagel tools. Long, long shanks. shanks. Because I've seen the so Germans using it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the fact that uh, in Malifaux, it's not a normal thing to have a global ranking. Uh, communities like to have their their uh, uh, local rankings, and yeah. me coming from Gilbal, a global ranking was fantastic. It was nice to see where more or less you place. Uh, yeah, I really like that. Malifo uh, players apparently don't. Well, like not it. only that, it also just bred bred a lot of shit talking, like yeah. just <laughs> the fact that you know you would jump like somebody that you're very competitive with. You'd be like, "Haha, I'm second now in the state or in the country," and yep. you know, it just it added to the fun. Yeah, and also provided the badges for being the best player yeah. in a guild uh, or in faction the most, too. Yeah, most committed player to the guild. Yeah, um, yeah, that oh, was really I, nice. I love that. That's Longshan have that. Yeah, yeah. They, it did have that on. It's in the guild bowl. Yeah, I'm not sure on other systems. 
Well, so like the, I'm pretty sure they do. In, in Longshanks, if you were to like look, like say the the Excel sheet that we had, we would also have master versus master schemes that they played, and the uh, and the I'm sorry, uh, strategy that they played in, and then the schemes that were most big for the tournament, and with success rates and everything. That's how dumb it is. Like we did that for for Guild Ball. I know that for a fact. And now MCP is using it, and it tells you also the the tactics and the mission. So yeah, they they have already the platform. They just slowly keep adding more, um, whatchamacallit, what's the word I'm looking for, Pete? They're adding more features. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. It's true that Sam did a fantastic job on Longshanks. It's an amazing software. Um, yeah, they do have badges for best faction and yes, um, best country. And I'm not sure, what is this? This is People's Champion hosted events with 40 or more players. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they I got like different that. badges. I like that because in the uh, Basel Mali for rankings, we have it, which is like the same. It's a copy of the UK rankings, right? And there is also the badges of if you ended up third, first, or second in a tournament. The if you play, if you are the top guild player or the top resurrectionist player, and then you have badges for playing at least one event when it's faction. That is sort of a rainbow thing. I I kind of like. So I like the rankings website that they did based mm-hmm. on that fits on the data of Bago Tools, but I don't like Bago Tools. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bago Tools uh, also has some issues already dealt with in uh, Longshanks, but I guess some uh, had more time to uh, invest into Longshanks, basically. So Yeah, I, I would just you know recommend tos just try out long shanks it's it's pretty pretty easy to use um and you don't even have like you can register people as they come in just pretty easy when you're just adding players and you can even we we had players in the last event and this is probably why it didn't get put up um that didn't want their name reported and you can even just put in there like player one or player two or something like that if they really don't want their their information recorded like that so um yeah, definitely a cool tool, though. I'd recommend people definitely at least using one or the other, but I definitely prefer Longshanks, yeah, personally. Yeah, it's, it's a tool to go, especially for new players, right, or new people that are organizing and starting their meta yep. in their area. It, Pago tools can be a pain in your butt. Longshanks is going to just make your life easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah so, so, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that uh, the Longshanks, the Pago tools, that has the Six Nations event. I don't think this is the regular uh, bag of tools or the one I recall, but mm. it does look nice. Uh, so I guess they use what you prefer. I just like yeah. Longshanks for the global uh, feel it does bring. Yeah. Tracking. Uh, the question that I was at, uh, not that question, sorry. What I was going to say is we finally got standings for the. Uh, the faux tour that states was having, and they added in the vassal. I don't know if if anybody from the faux tour is out there. Are you guys like inviting somebody that wins a tournament in vassal? Is that what that is? Like, please let us know. I'm gonna try to ask that to uh, Owen, but no answer so far. Yeah, we'll see. I'm trying to get more info on that. Mm. As a side note, uh, yeah. Luis gave us an announcement. That they are trying to do a world championship of Mali for next year. Nice team, team event, teams of five people because eight can be pretty tricky. Yeah, eight's right. a lot. 
it's a lot and especially fly if people wants needs to fly all over the the globe right yeah also right. even in the uh, uk the teams were struggling to complete the team so and they, well, would, they it wasn't far for them <laughs> i would say if uh whoever's running that i would always recommend so something we did for our guild ball team events is we always did wild card so like for example if you're just a random person and you don't have a team but you want to play in the team event we actually just had like a wild card pool and then it would just automatically generate like three-man teams for that so that's always a good idea when you have odd numbers or people that don't quite have a team yeah that's that's actually a great idea how they implemented so there's still in the makings there's still a lot of things to decide and see how yeah, to see everything is doing yeah but especially for people here in north america in the u.s guys if you want to do the trip probably it's going to be in, well it's going to be in some part of great britain so <laughs> i'm down it would be nice to see everybody uh, as many people as possible there because That's honestly a... this was a great the six nations was great yeah uh, i think I mean, in the UK, they really know how to organize their tournaments, right? You see yeah. the UK nationals, oh, and they have 130 players going. Oh, yeah, wow. I can recommend enough the guys running events in uh, the UK. As Angel said, it was a fantastic event. Uh, yeah, strongly recommend going to the World Cup when it happens. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know there's there's a lot of people that would love that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, excited for uh, big events like that again, because always welcome, always fun. Yep. Um, so instead of the Six Nations, you could do it like the World Malifaux, you know, team tournament. That'd yeah, be like War Machine awesome. and Guild Ball. <laughs> yeah, like every, yeah, no, every get every great game should have an international team tournament. Damn it! Well, they're just more fun. <laughs> they're just it's fun. Just to, it doesn't matter if your team gets gets your ass kicked for two days. It's just it's right. more fun. Like yes. It's a good excuse to just to travel a little bit. For example, if if I manage to have a team or whatever, and we go to this uh, world tournament, if it even happens, mm -hmm. this time stay, uh, I'll have to take my missus with me, and we'll spend a week just doing tourism. Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. Nice. making the trip. Well, that's how wow. you sell it, right? That's how you sell exactly, it to the, exactly. uh, to we'll the spa. We'll pay her two days of a spa to her to chill there <laughs> while I'm playing with plastic toys. <laughs> Angel, what we'll... are you, who are you gonna pick, Canada or Spain? <gasps> Let's see. I would like. I would love to pick Canada, honestly, because I know some really great people here, and there are a couple of really good players, actually. So yeah, I would love to. One of them is a really good friend of mine that actually just came visiting me last week. I'm going to have dinner with him today and play some board games. There you go. Him, his wife, and the two the two children, and I think he will be completely down to go. And the. So we can do like the the couple strip or something like that. You know? So our <laughs> our partners uh, enter, entertain each other, and we just play with plastic toys all weekend, and then we go around. Hell yeah! All right. Well, last thing I want to do before we kind of wrap this thing up is just any general trends you noticed from this event, or anything that just generally like maybe something seemed really good, or something seemed to have a really strong showing in this event that that you guys went to. Uh, well, it's difficult to say uh, because, well, because of the nature of the event, sure. we saw different things. For example, the fact that nobody played Moonshiner uh, <gasps> was a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't as well. Uh, yeah, I'm part of the problem. Huh. But still, I was surprised to see no Moonshiners and that Ulex got at least five games. That's <laughs> also yeah. uh, bizarre to me. Uh, so... Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about the why, right? 
I mean, I no, would drop Moonshiner before I dropped Ulix if I was uh, playing by you. You have to trade that Ulix list and how the Spanish player plays it. Okay, that's fair. Okay. It's, I mean, you said it's, this Ulix 1, right? He was playing? It's Ulix 1, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Ulix 1. 1 is better than Ulix 2. If you can share that to yeah, me, I like, yeah, give, I agree give me that, that list because I've run Ulix 1 and I like Ulix 1, but I've found the problem I've had with Ulix 1 a lot of times is if your hired pigs get killed, then it's hard to do the strat in the current gaining grounds mm. well, and well, usually people target the hired pigs before your summon pigs but he mm. plays a really like alpha thing i think and he told me like bob peep was the missing part to make the crew bob peep is really good and he just basically brings gracie slaps gracie four times each turn or between three and four times for the good for a laugh trigger mm -hmm. has a handful of severes throws a war pig at you that just kills something sure rinse and repeat while yeah. all the other things scheme. Hmm. Well, to be honest, I, when I play Ulux 1, I most of the time will bring uh, Big Brim Brim, uh, but I'm weird <laughs> like that. Uh, I just love love the interaction. You use your 12s to grow the pigs two steps instead of one, and then you use Big Brim Brim and put those cards back into your deck so the pigs can do a lot of damage. Uh, but I know, I think I'm the only player that does that or at least the only one who's who spoke of it yeah okay yeah so i most of the time i hear people use uh, the effigy to help with your uh, hand for him but i prefer brin um and Ulux one uh, it's cool because you can easy you can take a lot of uh, smaller pigs and grow them into war pigs easily turn yeah. one or turn two and the mobility of the crew is insane with Ulux one um yeah so i prefer ulix one even though i think ulix two has a fantastic uh, theme but i well i just prefer ulix one yeah and in a lot of these pools where especially like i really like ulix wanting to break the line just because you can just get so many ap's into moving the markers down and you're getting aggressive so hopefully you're bogging down your opponent so that's, that's usually where I like dropping Ulix one if I do play him, but it's been a little bit since I played Bayou now because I've been doing the outcast thing for a bit. I, I heard about that. You're abusing people. Angel with is one devastated. Shield. <laughs> touching people in bad places with one shield. One shield's fun. I like and it. Then, and, and then Chris has to go on a weird place complaining about Tara. Who did that? <laughs> it was you. Well, he did it literally. We were playing a game, and it was him just complaining about Terra, and he just started bitching about it while we were playing the game. Like, dude, it's like, put the phone down. You're gonna say something that you're gonna regret. Yep. And then he beat me in the tournament. I was playing Terra one, and he beat me in the tournament by a point. Yep, yep. He's like blaming on Dixon. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, I'm happy that he did it, but it's not my fault. It is. It's really <laughs> your fault. He's just like Dixon, help. Just as a okay, side note fine. here, are you guys planning on <laughs> going to Gen Con? Um, I'm Chris might I'm not. Um the next big tournament that I'll do is probably Nova and we got a couple hmm. small ones in between now and then. Yeah. Uh it's August. Labor Day weekend. So end of August, first weekend of September oh, basically. September. No, I have plans that are gonna be yeah. up here in the mountains. But maybe I'll drop into Gen Con. I have my ticket bought. There you go. To see who will be there so we can have some beers. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, uh, we're going to have to ask him to see if he can hook you guys up. Because I know that Jenko is always better when you guys have, like, a room together. 
and it's like and you know somebody that's not a complete ass <laughs> yeah well cool any last minute things that you guys want to share before we uh wrap up our hour and a half conversation here uh i just hope to take part in more team events for malifo yeah it was great fun would be nice that the u.s organized something yeah i think uh the more people hear about the team events just i don't know if it's something malifo has traditionally done i feel like i mean i've I've only been playing malifo for like a, a couple of years now and i haven't heard of a lot of events prior to that that were team tournaments so i think it's kind of new waters but it, it's a lot of fun we did one at uh captain con the first two days it was a team tournament event so that was a lot of fun so yeah definitely to's get on it organize that stuff and i i would say to's get on it organize the stuff whatever yeah. right we yeah, more pandemic stuff. is almost over or it looks like so it's time to get those communities up and running i'm already yeah. trying to schedule a a small trip to bellingham they're in the north of seattle to meet some U.S. folks like Ambrose and nice. people like that, and maybe play some tournaments there. Oh, cool! Sorry, I just wanted to say um, my plans is to. I believe Spain is having a nationals in September. Uh, August, they are trying something. to organize it. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they do, and I really want to go there. Uh, I so use, I do uh, want to ask this Edic, and this can go to you too, Angel, because. I know that there's nationals events and there's been a lot of national events for other games as well, especially like Guild Ball was a big one in War Machine. How mad does a country get when somebody from another European country wins their nationals? Because I've seen that before where like an English person will come down and they'll win in Spanish or, you know, somebody will go to Poland and it'll be, you know, a French person winning the Polish one. So is there a little bit of extra digging that goes on there when uh, somebody from a different country wins y'all's nationals? uh okay so and we did have a gettable nationals and the final was a czech player against our a player and it was minors versus minors uh when they Gross. were super Huge. broken um <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were rooting for our guy because you know it's kind of sure uh natural but i don't think we would uh, be cross if the czech player won um also, when we managed to get uh, wins uh, in, in also in Gilball in Madrid and Catalonia and Barcelona, and uh, uh, we had no animosity there, so we were invited back. So it was very, yeah. very, very well. They didn't, they didn't ban the Polish players. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, I think that I, I've never been to a national tournament, but. I think the feeling I'm talking with the Spanish team this uh, that weekend that we spent together in Scotland. It's really like I'm talking to the Welsh guy. Uh, Welsh guy also is like they are happy that more people comes, right? Sure. And they are happy that more people comes and have a great fun weekend or grand fun day and see other faces, see like other metas play, right? And I think in general they're just happy for what uh, for the participation even if that somebody gets somebody that is not the local one gets the wins the tournament it's just like an encourage for the locals to say like next year next year you will take care of you (laughs) yeah i think that happened a lot with uh like new zealanders would go to the australian nationals and win their tournaments and 
I I think those national and international events are cool too, just because you start to see different play styles. Because I know, like me, I know our Texas meta in the United States play very aggressively, but then I know there's different areas where they're maybe more like a little more cagey and they play more of the schemes and stuff and denial. So it's always interesting to see those different play styles. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think the biggest event uh, nationals I went was the French and the last year of Guild Wars, basically. Uh, it was like 90 players from yeah. like six, seven different countries. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Malifaux is a game that could definitely get to those levels. And I think in certain countries they are. I know UK definitely feels that way with Malifaux. Um, and I think the more that the game kind of grows, just because I think people have naturally started kind of gravitating to it from, you know, Guild Ball and other games as well. Uh, I, I think it could be in a really healthy spot the more we kind of just celebrate it and kind of have these really cool events and, and lots of interesting matchups and models and stuff. So definitely a good time. And I think the game's going to continue to grow because they're starting to put more keywords into factions. So that's going to be exciting to see. Well, I'm actually a little bit scared that the complexity is increasing and it's going to becoming a little bit difficult to attract new players. Yeah, I th I think that that's definitely probably the one thing that Malifaux does need to kind of keep an eye on, just because sometimes, especially some matchups, you'll just see markers all over the board, and some of the interactions are so nuanced that I could definitely see for a new player it being a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Amalfo is already at the point where uh, the, the entry threshold with rules is so big, it's very difficult to get into the game. I don't think the new uh, keywords will change that in a negative way. I think it's still <laughs> a lot. Um, I just hope they get to get the new releases more on time than the March releases that just got into stores. Uh, yeah, because right. that's what killed Gable in a big way, that you couldn't get models for, I think it was like almost a year where there were like two free guilds available in stores. Yep. And people wanted to join in. Okay, so I want to play. Uh, someone who wanted to play, for example, Ulex 2, which we mentioned before. He was, uh, the rules were released in August or September. And, the model, like yeah. and the model landed uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. that's a big gap. Uh, I don't think, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think the next releases will be on time either. Yeah, but I hope I, I really hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm hoping, I hope that they're all on time now because things are getting a little bit more normalized, but, uh, uh it did give to a little bit of, um, inventive and like, like a good imagination stuff. Cause Pete did a really, really good conversion for Ma, like. Mecha Mima looked, in my opinion, better than it did for the uh, for the one. Yeah, that that new that new Mecha Mima model is gonna have to be something for me to buy it because it's like I don't care. I'm using mine. It's like this yeah. thing looks badass. I tore I'm, Calypso uh, yeah. apart. Yeah, I'm the same. I have a model I'm really proud of. I really like how it ended up. Yeah, I like uh, yours too. Hell yeah! It, so I think people will have a lot of uh, alternative models for the multiple bird models. Sure. Uh, I still hope they will buy the new models just to like support the word. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll still buy it because actually I don't like my uh, rock hopper model, yeah. so I, I'll actually want the actual rock hopper. Yeah, I just hope that it doesn't end up with, with people uh, providing the 
uh, their own models and not buying the new stuff because that could be yeah. painful for word and i really hope the game uh is uh, well to be honest yeah well cool dixon last word to you nah we're good <laughs> nah we're good that's it <laughs> no thank thank everybody for listening i definitely want to see more uh people playing this game and doing this kind of stuff uh definitely looking forward to the world team championship like that's gotta happen that's gotta happen i think so fingers crossed all right well i think with that being said though we'll go ahead and uh, sign it off there uh, make sure you guys are flipping cards flipping tables and we will see y'all next time